Thank you for tuning in to Conroe United Pentecostal Church today. We pray that this podcast is a blessing to you. If there is ever anything we can do for you, please email admin at conroeupc.org. You may be seated. Amen. I'm so thankful for the presence of the Lord here that I feel. I'm thankful for what God is doing in our church. I'm thankful for what God is doing in our city. And I've just come to declare that this is not the end of a thing, but this is the beginning of a thing. I've come to remind you that God still sits on the throne. He is still in control. He is still building a church. And I'm just glad that he chose us to use. Amen. He didn't have to choose us. He didn't have to save us. But it's an honor to be chosen by the king. It's an honor to be a child of the king but when we are children of the king sometimes we find ourselves in precarious situations sometimes we find ourselves in situations that are less than ideal less than comfortable less if it was up to us to choose if we could be in the situations that we find ourselves in today or at times or if we can choose a lot better situation a lot of times we would choose a different situation But I've come to tell somebody that no matter where you're at uh, this morning, you don't have anything to fear because God is looking out for you. Amen. God is on the throne and he is in control. And everybody say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In 1 Kings chapter 17, we find the prophet Elijah who is in a pretty difficult situation. He is... uh, He's been running because of a prophecy that he had to give to someone, and uh, uh, specifically he had to prophesy to Ahab, and so he's, he, 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 he went to the city of Cherith, and he was on the run, and then, and, and then because of the prophecy, the, uh, a drought came, and the Lord said, Elijah, I need you to go over this mountain, and I need you to live in this cave, and Elijah was saying, Lord, how am I going to live? How am I going to eat? I'm a human. I'm not an animal. I can't just do this thing living out of a cave. I got to have some food. I I I have to have sustenance, or I cannot live, and so the Lord came and spoke to Elijah, and he said, I'm going to send you ravens by day to send flesh to you, or meat to to you, and then you will be, you will also be staying by a brook, and that's where you will find your water. You will drink out of the brook or out of the spring that has good water. So if you go to verse number six of 1 Kings chapter seven, it says, And the ravens brought him, speaking of Elijah, bread and flesh in the morning, and bread and flesh or meat in the evening, and he drank of the brook. So no matter where we find ourselves, I'm thankful that we can trust that God is going to provide for us. God is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. He is more than enough for us. And this can be found by going all the way back to Genesis where Abraham had to take his boy Isaac up on top of a mountain and he thought he was going to have to sacrifice his own son. But he looked over and God had sent a ram or a sheep. or or billy goat, if you will, and the sheep was caught in the bushes, and when uh, Abraham saw that, he knew that that was not by accident, but that was the provision of the Lord, and so he named that mountain, and and what that mountain was named after was the provision of the Lord, and he said, God, you are Jehovah, my provider, Jehovah Jireh, you are more than enough for me, and I've come to tell you, you might not think you have what you 
you need, but God is more than enough for you. You might be in a struggle this morning. You might be depressed this morning. Your marriage might be in trouble. Your finances might be in trouble. You might find yourself in legal issues or in the middle of a lawsuit or a career that's having issues. But I've come to tell you and to declare the word of the Lord over somebody this morning that God is more than enough. Or maybe you might be like the prophet Elijah and you find yourself living in a desolate land, having to live off of the land, and you don't know how you're going to make it, let me just encourage you to keep on trusting in God. Keep on trusting that He is ordering your steps. Keep on believing that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek after Him. And as for me and my house, we have chosen to diligently seek after Him. As for me and my house, we have made up in our mind that we are going to serve the Lord and we won't just serve him because it's lip service but we will serve the Lord with gladness. We will serve him with a thankful heart. We will serve him with thanksgiving and joy in our heart. Well how can you be happy about serving the Lord? I didn't say I was going to be happy. I said we will serve him with joy. Happiness can come from situations and things and stuff and the things that I can provide with the money that I make. But joy comes from the source of all creation. And the joy of the Lord is my strength. So when I find myself in a weak moment, when I find myself in a valley or living out of a cave, if you will, trying to drink out of a stream and waiting on the provision of God to even provide food and the necessities that I have. His joy will give me strength that when I get hungry, I might have to look up and say, God, where's the food coming from? Or when I get lonely, I might not feel friends or see friends around me. And I look up and say, God, you're going to provide relationship for me. Or God, you're going to provide finances for me. Joy will get me through the hard time. And am I preaching to anyone this morning that has made up in their minds that you might not be in happy situations, but the joy of the Lord is getting me through. The joy of the Lord is going to see me through. It's the joy of the Lord that causes someone to walk through the valley of the shadow of death and still come to church and lift up their hands and say, thank you, Jesus, for being faithful. I I might be lonely, I might be hurting, but God, you are still good. It's the joy of the Lord that causes somebody to come to church when they're sick and say, God, I I might not feel good, but I know if I can get to your house, I I might receive a miracle. You might heal my body, but if you don't, I will still receive joy. It's the joy of the Lord that gives extended family hope when a loved one or a friend is walking the path of cancer or the path of some incurable disease. It's the joy of the Lord that can help the sick person raise their hand and say, God, you have been faithful to me. You might not choose to heal me on this side of eternity. My healing might come by an early departure to streets of gold, but I trust you and I am joyful in the journey. Could you give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning? Verse number seven says, and it came to pass after a while that the brook 
dried up, the brook dried Have you ever felt like that, that the brook was drying up in your life, that, that maybe your career was drying up, that you didn't know what was next, or maybe your finances were drying up, or maybe you're, you, uh, you felt like your marriage was drying up. Well, uh, uh, we're working on this thing. We're trying to do what's right. Neither one of us are perfect, but we're trying to honor each other. We're trying to respect each other. We're trying to put God first, uh, but we're still struggling in our marriage. Has anybody been in a brook drying up uh, season of life? I mean, you don't have to raise your hand, but just give me a little Baptist nod this morning. Amen. But one thing that I've learned and one thing we can learn from the prophet, excuse me, the prophet Elijah is that when the brook begins to dry up, God has you covered. God has you covered for the next step. God has you covered for the next season of your life. You might not see it and you might not understand it and you're probably really afraid and that's natural and that's probably okay to feel like that. But in the middle of our fear, we must come to a realization that it's hard to have faith and fear at the same time. So while I am a man, I might feel moments of hopelessness and fear might sneak in. But in the middle of my fear, I will drop to my knees and I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help. Because my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And if he made the heavens and he made the earth, I know that he made me and that gives me hope that he's going to get me through it, that he's got what's next already lined up. I might not see it and I might not understand it yet, but I will keep on trusting and I will keep on walking because I know that he orders my steps. The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. It doesn't say the steps of a man that's afraid aren't ordered. We can be afraid and our steps still be ordered. But in the middle of that, we got to recognize that fear and faith can only stay in the same spot for just a little bit of time because when faith steps onto the scene, fear has to leave. Fear has to bow in the presence of faith. Fear has to vanish when the presence of the Almighty God steps in. Can anybody testify this morning that I might have been afraid last week. I might have been discouraged about my marriage and about the things that I'm facing. But in the middle of the week, I begin to feel the peace of God that passes all understanding. And that understanding brought faith. And that faith is the, is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. I might see some bad stuff, but faith says I operate not by what I see, but I operate based off of who God is, and he is faithful. Come on, somebody, can you just thank you for being a faithful God? Think back of how he showed himself true and faithful in your circumstance. Amen. So when we feel like the provision of God are drying up or is drying up like Elijah felt. The brook uh, was drying up. It's important for us to realize that God doesn't allow one source uh, of provision to dry up without already having uh, the next source of provision lined up. Uh, So I've come to declare to somebody in the Holy Ghost uh, this morning that your provision might be drying up. Uh, Your relationship might be drying up. Uh, Your hope might be drying up. Uh, Your sanity might be quickly drying up. Don't look at your wife uh, right 
now, sir. Just look straight ahead. Look at me, me and you, me and you. Uh, sanity might be leaving. Your kids uh, might be acting crazy. All, all, all hell might be breaking loose uh, in your life. Uh, but if the Lord could provide what's next for Elijah, I have faith uh, and I have enough faith in my body to believe uh, that he will provide the next source uh, of provision for me. Uh, maybe you feel like, well, it's not drying up, but I feel like something's changing in my life. It might be changing, but fear not. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you. And if God is with me, that means God is for me. And no matter what changes in my life, no matter what comes against me, I know that God is going to see me through. Verse number 8 says, and when the word of the Lord came unto him, the word of the Lord came unto him, verse 9 says, this is what the Lord said, arise, get thee there to Zarephath, go to Zarephath, Elijah, quit doubting, quit being afraid, haven't I provided enough for you, haven't I been faithful enough for you, and he said, go to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there, behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. Uh, when we feel like our provision is drying up, God has already spoken ahead of us. Uh, you might feel like all hell is breaking loose in your life, uh, and it probably is. Uh, but don't be afraid. God has the next step covered. Uh, don't be afraid uh, nor dismayed. God is with you. Let me give you a graphic illustration of that this morning. Matt Weesey is here this morning uh, on a Sunday morning, and he is not in a police uniform. Uh, that's odd for him to be here on a Sunday morning, not in a police uniform. Uh, he didn't get fired. He's still a police officer. But uh, several months ago, he felt like uh, he needed to give more time to the church, and he needed to rearrange his schedule so he can be at more events and, and just be more involved in some areas that he felt like God was impressing on him to be involved in. Uh, but yet he remained faithful to where he was, even though he couldn't always be here at all of the services. He might come in early and leave late or get here late, and then he would stay late. Uh, but he began; he, he still stayed faithful to the cause of Christ. And it was just a couple months uh, after he began making bigger steps and bigger commitments uh, to God that God provided him uh, another job with the same department in the same precinct uh, that gives him not just time to be at church, but he has more time with his family. Uh, he thought it was a lateral move. After he interviewed, they called him back and said, look, we're not only going to give you better hours. You're not only going to get more time to be at church and with your family. We're going to give you a raise. I haven't come this morning to prophesy a prosperity doctrine to you. But I have come to say that God's got you covered, church family. And tonight, Matt Weesey will be at church, and he won't be in a constable uniform. He'll be here with his church clothes on. He'll still worship. He'll still praise. But God saw him through. God will get you through, church family. That's all I've come to tell you is that God sees where you're at. He knows where you're at. But not only does he know where you are at, he knows where he has taken you. God's taking you somewhere, church family. He's taking you somewhere. That's why it's important that we listen to the word of the Lord. That's why, I'll say it again, that's why it's important that we listen to the word of the Lord. 
because our situation might not look hopeful, but God has spoken. Uh, God spoke to Elijah when he was still hungry. There was no food uh, for the birds to fly to him. So this pause, that's crazy enough having to rely on birds to bring you food and to get on your hands and knees and drink out of a river like you're an animal. That's crazy enough. Uh, but then when God says, this is how I'm going to keep you alive, and then that dries up, uh, I would get fearful. And Elijah was a man of God, but he was still a man of flesh as well. And I'm sure there were moments of fear and there were moments of confusion. Or God, why did you bring me out? Did you bring me out to the backside of this mountain, to the backside of this wilderness to die? But little did Elijah know that God was already speaking to somebody else. Could it be that God is already speaking to your next employer? Could it be that God's already speaking to that person that hurt you in the past and they're making steps you direction so that a relationship can be reconciled, uh, so that what was once lost can be restored. Uh, I'm telling you this morning, church, we serve a God uh, of restoration. We serve a God uh, of reconciliation. God can bring back to you what you thought uh, you lost. And not only can he bring it back, uh, he can bring it back better. If it takes me eating flesh of animals to stay alive and drinking out of a brook, I'll do it, but I would a whole lot rather eat a home-cooked meal. I would a whole lot rather have some cornbread and some cake, and, and I would a whole lot rather have some food like that. That's just proof that God might lead you through a season that's rough, but what's coming next is always better. It might not look like it right now, but God has you covered. Look at your neighbor and say, God has you covered. Verse number 9, he said, Arise, get thee to Zarephath. I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain you. And so verse number 10 says, So he went. So he arose and he went to to Zarephath. He was obedient to the word of the Lord. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering sticks, gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, fetch me, I pray thee, or I ask of you, could you go get me a little water and a vessel that I might drink? Could you imagine that if that was you? The miraculous provision of God said uh, that and dictated and ordained his steps so that when Elijah entered into the gate, of the city, there was the woman who he had already spoken to and commanded to feed the man of God. You might not be a prophet in this room today. You might not be an Elijah, but that does not mean you are not a child of God. And the provision of God is the same for the prophet as it is for the saint. And I'm thankful that God is looking out for me. And when I walk into his presence, I find what I need. I don't have to look around around for a long time. I don't have to search. I don't have to live in doubt because God has what I need. He has what I need. God has what you need, church family. Sister Wilmoth, God has what you need right now. You're going through a bad situation, but God has what you need. You don't understand it, but God has what you need. And we stand with you. We stand strong with you. You might feel lonely at times because you're pulled between work and taking care of a husband, but we are with you. And not only is the church with you, but God is with you, and he has you covered. Don't wo- don't, don't worry, don't be full of fear, don't be full of doubt. God has you covered. And that goes for anybody in the room this morning, for, for situations that I am not aware of. Why don't you just say it over your life? God has me covered. God has me covered. 
God has me covered. Verse 11, and as she was going to fetch the water that Elijah had asked her to fetch, he called to her and said, bring me, I pray thee. So he's asking again, bring me a morsel of bread in thine hands. Bring me something, lady. Lord, the Lord sent me here. I'm hungry. He said that there was going to be somebody that was going to take care of me. And so I'm asking you to take care of me. Bring me some bread. Verse number 12 said, and she said, as the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal and a barrel and a little oil in my cruise. She said, so I don't have enough food to make all three of us a meal. I don't have enough food for all three of us, her, her son, and the prophet to, to get full. Doubt begin to slip in. And behold, I am gathering these two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son that we may eat and die. Her situation was hopeless. She thought she was going to eat her last meal and she was going to starve to death. But I'm here to tell you this morning that God has you covered. So Elijah went, that's what verse number 10 says. It's amazing how quick we are to move when God says he has a miracle waiting for us. If we know that our healing is coming, we're going to jump up out of our sick bed and we will get to the house of God. If we, if God told us that somebody's going to provide for us or pay our bill for us when we don't have money, we're going to jump up. We might not have gas in the car, but we're going to put our Nikes on and we're going to hit the street and we're going to run to pick up the check. We are quick to run and receive. And the prophet Elijah displayed that, but also the widow of Zarephath displayed that sometimes we're slow to get up when it's our time to give and bless somebody, but I want to remind you that it is still more blessed to give than to receive. It's more blessed to come to church and be faithful with my worship than it is to just come to church and just say, God, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. No, I, I, I'm thankful that the Lord gives us blessings. I'm thankful that he provides, but it's more blessed for the child of God to say, Lord, I'm coming into your house and I have problems, but I'm still going to be faithful. I'm still going to lift my hands and worship. I'll take it a step further. I might have financial problems. It might not make sense for me to give 10% of my income to the kingdom of God. But God, this is what you've asked of me. So I'm going to honor your word and I'm going to be faithful and I'm going to watch as you provide. Why? Because it's more blessed to give than to receive. Come on, this is a lesson that we teach our children when it's their birthday and when it's Christmas time because we don't want to raise bratty kids who only want to receive and not give. But let me me tell and let me remind the saint of God this morning or a guest here with us uh, that God knows where you're at and if you give him what you have he will give in return more than you had in the beginning and his provision will last longer than your own ability to provide for yourself it does not make sense in the natural realm I completely understand with you we can out rationalize God and I will agree with you from my rational mind, but I do not live according to my rational mind, and this church does not operate, and sir or ma'am, if you are not a believer or saved yet, let me tell you that you weren't created and designed to live according to what you can rationalize. God made you so that you can live a life that is full of his spirit and a life that is full of faith that says no matter what happens, I trust you, Jesus. Come what may, Lord, I trust you. 
That's what Job said. Lord, uh, whatever you do to me, I'm still going to trust you. Oh, yeah, Job had some pretty bad days. He had some pretty, he, he had some pretty hefty moments of doubt and sorrow and a couple pretty good pity parties. Uh, but at the end of the day, he realized, uh, naked, to, naked did I come into this world and I might leave with nothing in my possession either. Uh, but blessed be the name of the Lord. Uh, maybe that's what you needed to start saying over your situation uh, that looks so hopeless. Uh, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed uh, is the name of the Lord. He gives uh, and takes away, uh, but I will still say, blessed is the name of the Lord. Blessed is the name of the Lord. So verse number 11, 12, and she was going to fetch it. He called her to her and said, bring me not just the water, but bring me some food. And then he said, well, I need, I need some food. And she said, look, I'm, I'm going to just make a cake for me and my son, and we're going to die. Verse 13, he says, this was our text this morning, and Elijah said unto her, fear not, uh, go and do. Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, uh, but make me therefore a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after make me for thee and for thy son. So bring food for me, but also there will be enough food for you and your son. And verse number 15 is so crucial, and she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat not just one meal, but they ate many days. I want to remind you that obedience is better than sacrifice, church family. When we are obedient to the word of the Lord, we might have to sacrifice a little bit, but the provision that comes after our obedience and after our sacrifice will be more than enough for us. Fear not, church family. Go and do what the Lord is asking of you. Some of you, the Lord might be asking you to give something away that's valuable to you and somebody and give it to somebody that's there's many here this week that brought school supplies and we are giving school supplies away to many families this week. And thank you for that. We're we're supplying school supplies for the year for many, many, many children, and we thank you for that. Uh, you have realized the act uh, and you have realized the beauty of being a blessing uh, to some. Someone else. Uh, you might be like the widow of Zarephath this morning. You didn't have enough money to buy school supplies uh, for your own kids or grandkids, but you provided uh, for some kid that you've never even met that rides the buses or maybe not even rides our buses to church. Uh, and let me tell you that God's going to provide for you. As you have provided for someone else, uh, God is going to be faithful to you. Be not weary and well-doing this morning, church family. God is in control. God knows where you're at. You are not operating in the natural realm. Even though we be flesh and blood, we are operating in the realm of the Spirit. And when I live and breathe and operate in the realm of the Spirit, He will always provide what I need. He will always provide what I need. I know I'm not real deep this morning. I, I, I know I'm preaching real shallow, and it's a message that we've all heard a, a lot. But I've come to remind you that God has not uh, forgotten you. Fear not. Uh, go and do. You have nothing to be afraid of. Uh, you worship the God who owns a cattle on a thousand hills. Uh, has he not provided for you in the past? Uh, can he not provide for you again in the future? He is Jehovah Jireh my provider
My wife and I have been fortunate enough to go on mission trips all over the world, Central America, um, Africa. We, uh, 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 we've been really blessed. It's been a long time since we've done it, about nine years ago. We hope to do it again. I was talking with one of my uncles yesterday, and he, and he was having to ask me some questions about a business transaction. And one of the questions was, do you plan to travel out of the country? And I said, yes. And he said, when? And I said, don't worry about it. I don't know, but I'm going on another mission trip. Because I've been to the third world countries, and I've seen the people who, who have to travel across the nation of Zimbabwe, uh, they will travel by foot, and then somebody in a truck uh, will come by, and they'll jump on the back of that truck uh, and ride it as long as they can until the truck turns the direction that they're not trying to go. And we've seen people piled on top uh, of little bitty 12 and 15 passenger shuttle buses. Uh, we've seen them stand on the roofs and sit on the head uh, and travel through excruciating heat, uh, through a desert, through all kinds of chaos and horror terrain and through military checkpoints uh, in, uh, in a hostile nation. Uh, and they said, no matter what it takes, uh, I'm going to get into the presence of God. Uh, I've got to get, I've watched as people would walk to the altar owning uh, one pair of shoes. Uh, they didn't have any money, but they would take their shoes off uh, and lay it on the altar as an offering unto God. And they will travel back across the nation of Zimbabwe joyful because God has been so good uh, to them and church family, how much more blessed are we here in the suburbs of Houston, Texas, and how much more should we be able to say, God, I might not understand what's next in my life, but I trust you, and I, not only do I trust you, I will lift my hands in the storm, and I will worship you. I will say, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed is he who comes. I've seen it too many times, church family. I've seen the miraculous happen too many times in my own life. Just this week, they put up the frame to my house that it doesn't make sense that I'm even able to afford to buy. If you saw the numbers, if you saw the house, if you said you would laugh your full head off, but I'm not operating in the realm of the natural. I have submitted my life to Jesus, and I'm not bragging on myself. I haven't done anything good. God is good and blessing uh, faithfulness and God has been good to you uh, you live in nice homes you live uh, in beautiful homes you drive uh, 60 and 70 thousand dollar pickup trucks and you drive beautiful luxury cars and you have uh, incredible salaries and you have incredible benefits on your job and you've got you, God's done so much for you but in the middle of the blessings uh, sometimes we forget uh, that we don't have this blessing on my own uh, I didn't get here on my, I'm like the turtle on top of a fence post. I, I didn't get here by myself. Somebody put me here, but I'm going to stand and say, thank you, Jesus. I might have troubles. I might not have enough bills because as my income grew, so did my lifestyle. But God is going to see me through. And so we kick off week of sacrifice. Uh, we kick off announcing and pushing and promoting for week of sacrifice. It's about a month away. Uh, and I've come to declare to the spirit realm of this city and to the spirit of this church uh, that we have nothing to be afraid of. Uh, we're in need of a church van, people. We're in need of buses. Our plan is to sell the van we have, sell the buses we have. Uh, and we want to get one nice shuttle bus used. It'll have mileage. It'll be gently used. But we're going to buy something that we can 
in use not just for buses uh, on Sunday, but also for the youth. Uh, it's a youth congress year. Normally, we would spend five or six thousand dollars, close to seven, if you include gratuity on renting on renting a bus and sending a bus full of kids to youth congress. Uh, why do we have to spend that money on a bus when God can provide for us? It doesn't make sense. We can't do it. We can't write the check right now. We can't do it. We don't want to finance it, but we know that God is going to provide, church family. It might not make sense, but fear not. Go and do. The prophet said, fear not, widow woman, such as you have. Give unto the Spirit. And that's also what happened in the New Testament. Peter was walking into the temple, and he saw the he, uh, the beggar contacted him and said, uh, uh, alms, alms, alms for the poor. poor. In, in the book of Acts, and Peter said, uh, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I unto thee in the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk. And that same miraculous power is in the room today. Pastor has been proclaiming big things for our church in 2018, and I've come this morning to echo and remind you that God is still big, and he's still a provider, and he's still going to do it. It's no secret this church is not in a good, I'm way off my notes right now. It's no secret that this church is not in a great area. You had to drive through some pretty rough areas to get one block off of one of the main roads. Uh, Just yesterday, I was working outside, and I found several suitcases where homeless people are stashing stuff. Uh, We live in a bad area. I wasn't mad. I'm just thankful that they found somewhere safe uh, to stash it. They could have stashed it somewhere where it gets stolen. If I was homeless, I'd stash it at the church, too. Amen. I'm not happy about it, but if I was in their shoes, I'd do the same thing. We need a better facility, church family. We can't afford to do it, but God is our provider. I don't have anything to fear. I don't have anything to be afraid of. I've seen God act one too many times. I've seen him perform one too many miracles. We were just a church of 20 or 30 people when we moved into this building. It didn't make financial sense, but God made a way. And look at us. Look at the ministries. We're not great, but God is great, and he's blessed us. And I've come to say he's not done yet. God's not done in this church. God's not done in this city. Verse number 15, and she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and and she said, and he and her house did eat many days, verse number 16, and the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise. I've just come to declare to you this morning that if you do what God's asking you to do, he'll do what you need. If you give God what you have, he'll provide more than what you need, church family. Church, I've just, listed, I've just listed two very expensive needs that the church has right now. It doesn't make sense for a week of sacrifice for us to receive a big offering and not keep a penny of it and we ship it off. That does not make sense to the business mind. But we're not a business. We're a church. We believe in blessing others. We believe in giving away because the more we give, the more God can give back to us. The more we give, the more we enlarge our capacity to receive so that we can be a bigger blessing to someone 
anyone else. You can go to the New Testament, uh, and you can go to John chapter 2, um, and, and, uh, verses 1 through 9. Uh, and, and the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And you know the story. Uh, it came time to party, and there was no party juice. There was no wine. How can you have a good party without alcohol is what they were saying. we we got to have some wine. we got to get the party started, you know. I'm being facetious this morning, amen. And, and, and so Jesus was there, and he turned the water into wine, amen. He provided a miracle. Verse number 6 says, and there were and there set there six water pots, and they brought all the water pots that they had, and Jesus filled everything they had. If they would have had 12 water pots, God would have filled 12 water pots. If they would have had 20, Jesus would have filled 20 water pots. He filled at their capacity to receive. And what this week of sacrifice is, we are increasing our capacity to be blessed by God so that we can turn around and be a blessing to others. I've come to declare to you this morning that God is bigger. And if you make room in your life for God, you will have what you need. It doesn't make, I wish I could explain it to you. You might be sitting there scratching your head. What he's saying doesn't make sense. You're exactly right. It doesn't make sense. But when you read the word of God and watch how God has always provided for those who gave what they had. It might have been a little of what they had or it may have been all of what they had. But God always gave back more than what they give. Look at the little boy who was walking past Jesus talking to thousands and thousands of people. He had he he had a sandwich and some bread. That's all he had. Fish and bread. A, a fish sandwich. Don't sound good to me, but there was no food to eat. Jesus took food from a little kid. How rude is that? How crude. If that happened today, it'd blow up the Twitter feed. It'd blow up CNN. CNN, you think their head explodes right now with the president. Imagine if they knew that Jesus took food from a little boy. I mean, we're trying to give free food, free food, free food to all the kids, all the kids, all the kids. The kids don't need it. The parents need it. But we're trying to give it to the kids. Imagine if that happened in our political climate today. All chaos would break loose. But when God took from that little boy because he was willing to say, Lord, you can have it. He might not have even realized that he was giving it to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. But he had a generous heart. And because of that, God gave back to him and he went home with not one basket of food, but 12 baskets of food. God will always provide, church family. Stand with me this morning. God filled every empty water pot that they set before him. I haven't come to just talk about money. I'm not. I've talked about money because we can relate to money because we all feel pressures. But apply these same principles to your marriage. And where your marriage is lacking, if you give your all to God, it don't make sense. Well, I got to give my all to my wife or to my husband so that our marriage can be made whole again. No, 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 no. That's the problem is you're putting someone else before God. If you put God first, then the marriage will work out. If you put God first in your finances, then the finances will work out. If you put God ahead of your career, then the career will work out. Why? Because that's the God that we serve. If we give what we have to Jesus, church family, he will supply. We have nothing at all to be afraid of. Nothing to be afraid of. Look at your neighbor and say, fear not. Fear not, just do. In closing, John chapter 21, verse number 3, Simon Peter saith unto them, I go fishing. I like fishing. 
they said unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into the ship immediately. And that night they caught nothing. I've been fishing all night, but I prefer night fishing, actually. It's more peaceful. Sometimes you catch more, but then sometimes I drive. I load up my kayak, all my fishing gear. I drive all the way to the Gulf Coast, and I've been down there and caught nothing. That's frustrating. I know the pain, and some of you other fishermen know that pain, too. It's more painful to walk in the house at 4 or 5 the next morning, jump in the shower, and then you get in the bed for a couple hours of sleep before work. Kayla turn over, what'd you catch? And I just said, oh, baby. It hurts my pride to tell her I wasted all that time and didn't catch nothing. But when the morning was now come, verse number four, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Jesus is standing close to you today, and you might not even know it. Then Jesus said unto them, children, have you any meat? Jesus said, did you catch anything, boys? That's kind of funny because he's all-knowing. He knew they didn't catch nothing. And they answered him, nope, nope. No is a complete sentence, especially in that situation. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not going to give you details. Nope. Six, and he said unto them, cast the net on the right side of the ship, and you shall find. They cast therefore, now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. So family, we are fishers of men. And I believe that what God has for this house we will not have the manpower to pull up the nets of what God is about to unleash. He, we've already seen more people baptized this year and more people get the Holy Ghost this year than we did the year before and then the year before that. God's doing great things in our church. I'm thankful for it. It's not that I'm not satisfied. I'm just hungry for more. And so I'm going to enlarge my capacity. I'm going to say, God, move in my marriage more. God, you see my kids, they're your kids. I laid them on the altar of dedication. They belong to you. They don't belong to me, God. Have your way. Lord, if you want to take my kids to Africa, if you want to take my kids to India, if you want to take my kids to Iran and be a missionary, Lord, take them wherever you want to take them. Use them for your glory, Lord. They are yours. I'll miss them. I'll do my best to fly wherever they're at, to go with. If I got to swim across the Atlantic, if I got to get a snorkel and just swim over like flipper, I'll do it. I'll do whatever it takes to be with them. But God, use my family and I believe that should be the prayer for you and your family too and when that's my prayer and that's your prayer that becomes the prayer of this house and then what God does in this house we will not have the manpower to pull up keep on sowing church family keep on believing look at your neighbor and say keep believing don't give up fear not don't give up keep on going church family just as the disciples obeyed the command of Jesus, look, they, they were in the right spot but facing the wrong direction. Whenever they got their direction right to cast their nets, they had enough food, they had enough fish to provide for their families. They were able to take it to market or do whatever they were going to do with it. They had 
enough. And I've just come to tell this church this morning, keep doing what you're doing. You might need to face the other direction. You might need to realign some things. You might need to rearrange your finances. You might need to reprioritize some things in your family, in your home, in your marriage, in your career. Do whatever you have to do because what is coming, what is on the way this fall, I'm telling you, it's great things. It's, a, it's not because we're planning. It's not because we're working hard. It's because God's building this house, church family. It's because God's coming back, and he's coming back for a strong church. He's coming back for a healthy church. He's coming back for a vibrant church. And if that's what he's coming back for, that's what I'm going to do. That's what I've made my mind up for. Why don't you gather with me around the front this morning, church family? Just if you're on the right side, come to the right side. If you're in the center, just come to the center. Just come quickly as, as fast as you can. I want us to say a prayer this morning. Amen. I believe that we might not be swinging off the light trust this morning, but I believe that God's speaking to somebody's heart today. I believe God, these next few weeks, can speak into your heart what you can give and we can sacrifice, not so we can keep it here, but so that we can send a missionary to a foreign country so that they can see incredible things happen. Last year at Week of Sacrifice, we participated in the I Am Global offering, but we were also able to help Brother Youngblood plant his church in Little Am. They're incredible things, incredible things, incredible things are happening. Incredible favor, influence is coming. The people of influence that are coming to his church, and last Sunday he baptized six people, four people got the Holy Ghost. That's why we're praying God bless us, not so that I can be rich, not so that we can be great, but so that we can have a kingdom impact.